0: Space and there goes Tyree McKitts inside the and in. What a touchdown! And he can pick him up and put him down as he drags the UCF defender into the end zone. Timmy McClain, the talented freshman. A year ago he was leading Seminole High School to a state championship. Tonight, he gets the nod. Starting quarterback for the Bulls.
1: Welcome into the Fletcher and Fowler podcast, the first ever episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Will Turner. As USF is just a day away from taking on BYU in Provo, Utah, the team is on the ground in Utah as i speak they touch down thursday afternoon to take on the cougars of BYU which present an interesting challenge ahead of course USF defeated the cougars 27 to 23 on homecoming in 2019 one of the lone real good wins of that season from Charlie Strong before he was eventually fired First thing we really have to do here is thank the Pack Pride Podcast, my guy Corey Smith up there in Raleigh for the inspiration on the introduction. I was extremely, extremely excited to put it all together. It was it was a fun couple uh, of hours putting that one together, so I hope you all enjoyed our, our little intro. Big thanks goes to Bud Elliott and Lance Glenn for getting us all put together. We are officially excited to be a part of the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. We have, this has really been a project 20 to 21 months in the making, really since the midpoint of the basketball season back in 2020 before the pandemic hit. And it's really cool to finally get going. Uh, Typically, I'll have a co-host with me. We'll have guests fairly every episode, but we'll have some fantastic guests uh, from around the country. Uh, this week is, is no different. We have some great co-hosts that are excited to come on. Obviously, site contributor JJ Garrett will be making a few appearances here and there. We also have some other co-hosts that some of y'all might not expect, and they are coming on the program here within the next couple of weeks. We've already got them lined up and are excited to, to bring them on and have them be a part of the Fletcher and Fowler family. For those that know me on a personal level, I'm a huge Cincinnati Reds fan and one of my biggest inspirations in terms of content is what Jim Day does. Jim Day is a local TV play-by-play color analyst, sideline reporter, dugout reporter for the Reds up in Cincinnati and he's been one of my biggest inspirations in terms of content and storytelling and he does a great job with his podcast the Jim day podcast so that's just been a big inspiration of what i wanted to do with fletcher and fowler you know wanted to do something a little bit different in the usf space wanted to make something creative in the usf space and do something different than just maybe talking about usf for for 45 minutes to an hour or half hour or however long sure we'll have plenty of that so if you're coming here for game breakdown game previews and things like that we are absolutely 100% going to be doing that. If at any time during the Fletcher and Fowler podcast, you say, hey, I want to support these guys and what they're doing because they do a great job with their podcast, feel free to leave us a five-star rating. That's the best way to show your support on your favorite podcast platform app. And my goodness, have i already said podcast a lot. We are pretty much everywhere across the major distributors between Apple Podcasts. Spotify is still pending uh, as of the time of recording this on friday september 24th at about two o'clock in the afternoon so if it's not ready by friday at the end of the day it should be up sometime saturday on spotify we're also on iHeartRadio. should be on the spreaker app and we will also be on the google podcast app for you android users out there if enough people also want to me to go ahead and upload this on YouTube, feel free to hit me at WTurner247 on Twitter. My DMs are open. Feel free if you want that down the road. And then, of course, you can always listen on your favorite browser, whether it be Safari, Google Chrome, Firefox, if anybody uses Firefox anymore, Opera GX. That's what I use these days. You can always listen to the Fletcher and Fowler podcast on bulls247.com the episode will always be embedded in the story that goes up with the respective podcast and you can listen on megaphone.fm that way on your favorite browser or on your mobile device go ahead and you can listen straight in your browser you click it off twitter you can listen to it on twitter technically through the twitter browser so if you want to do that feel free So, with all the rambling out of the way, trust me, it won't be this long. We're just trying to get everybody accustomed to our first episode and where everything's going to be. So, our intro won't be nearly this long. Let's go ahead and introduce our first guest here on the podcast. His name is Jeff Hansen. He is one of my favorite people on the 24 7 Sports Network. As I allude to multiple times during my interview with Jeff, he is outstanding. He does a great job with CougarSportsInsider.com. That's the BYU 24-7 sports affiliate. And he does a great job over at CSI with a couple of other writers. He's been on the site for a few years now and has a, a, a pretty solid following and does some really good content over there. Jeff also does a podcast called Give him Hell, Brigham, which is a fantastic podcast ran by him and Garrett McClintock. And they do some really cool things. You'll see kind of towards the end of the episode. And they do some really cool things with fundraising and things of that nature in terms of subscriptions to the podcast and they have a paid subscription set up. But they do some great things Within their community, especially now that NIL is a thing for college athletes, they, they've done some stuff with that that's been really cool to see. So Jeff does a fantastic job with Give Em Help Brigham. Definitely suggest checking them out ahead of this USF-BYU matchup. You'll see quick within this episode that as much as Jeff and I talk about football, we talk about a lot of other things around BYU and around Jeff. We talk about his YAnon movement, not QAnon, YAnon movement, and how that started last year as BYU really looked as things were a conspiracy against them in their route to a potential college football playoff appearance last year. We talk about YAnon. We talk about uh, Jeff's fledgling TikTok accounts, because Jeff is a very popular TikToker out there in Provo, and some other things, including the Give Him help Brigham stuff. Towards the end of the episode, so stick around. We have a great show to bring you, and we're excited for the start. I think this is a really, really good introduction with just Jeff and how he and I kind of laugh through the whole thing, and you'll know pretty quick uh, just kind of how our personalities <laughs> really uh, gel together. This will be just a little bit longer than our normal episode length. We'll probably go about thirty to forty-five minutes. This one might be a little bit closer to an hour but it's worth it, trust me. Jeff and I had a great time with this interview, great time discussing USF and BYU ahead of Saturday's game, which has a 10.15 p.m. Eastern time kickoff inside of Lavelle Edwards Stadium on Saturday night in Provo. So introducing our featured guest for week four, episode one of the Fletcher and Fowler podcast, Jeff Hansen of CougarSportsInsider.com. Here back with one of my favorite people on the 24-7 Sports Network, the incomparable Mr. Jeff Hansen. Uh, thanks for being the, the first ever guest on the Fletcher and Fowler podcast. Uh, BYU 24-7 reporter in the house.
0: It's an honor, man. I, I, I didn't realize until today I was reading back through our, our messages, figuring out what time. And then i realized you told me I was the first guess I, I i feel I feel a little bit more important than I did this morning, <laughs> and that's really what
1: matters uh, the if If you're not familiar with jeff he he basically is a dead ringer for Andy Reed if Andy <laughs> Reid was like twenty years younger.
0: <laughs> I don't know if that's something I should be proud of, but I'm pretty damn proud of it, man. I, <laughs> i uh i've made a joke on like my instagram my instagram is not like media at all it's just my personal stuff and i made a joke once upon a time that my wife had this huge crush on on andy reed and so that's why i've gained weight that's why i've started to lose my hair that's why i grew a mustache (laughs) because my wife's just super into andy reed and i got to do what i can to compete and uh people have (laughs) latched on to it she gets people who like approach her like random people and you're like why why andy reed what is it about andy reed that you like so you know gotta do it gotta do what i can
1: hey and tiktok supports that right that's right <laughs>
0: that is absolutely correct
1: if you look at if you look at miss uh jeff's pin tweet at rocoto 10 he's a fantastic follow his his pin tweet is a tiktok uh of of looking at a celebrity that that looks most like the person in the picture and it transforms from jeff to andy reed and it's and it's and it's hilarious you're That's you're like strong. a tiktok star out there right well, or, or mean, something I,
0: like that i think i'm up to like 200 followers so <laughs> it, it won't be long before i'm pulling in the big bucks man me and addison ray are gonna compete for tiktok fame
1: i think <laughs> there was a time where you liked to fleet too i man
0: i wish the fleets were around still uh the fleets were the home of where we had to expose the cabal, man, after, <laughs> after, after 2020, with BYU, no matter what they did, and Coastal was in the same boat, all these G5 schools that just couldn't crack the top 12 or whatever it was of the playoff rankings, I, I broke out my tinfoil hat, and I, I, was, I was determined to find out what was really going on. I had a lot of fun with that on the fleets. <laughs>
1: I will we'll we'll have to get into that a little bit deeper because that was one of the things I was gonna hammer home for sure because that was (laughs) one of my favorite things during like the lockdown of the pandemic just Jeff Hansen and his tinfoil hats (laughs) but nah for sure um you know Jeff Hansen uh joining the Fletcher and Fowler podcast the uh one of the main are you the main guy? Isn't there a publisher above you with, with Cougar Sports Insider over there? there?
0: There is. He's behind the scenes. So if you go over to Cougar Sports Insider, you'll, you'll think that I'm in charge. But really, I'm just working for somebody else.
1: <laughs> but Jeff does a great job covering BYU, BYU recruiting uh, BYU basketball, all that good stuff over at Cougar sports insider. Again, one of my favorite people to talk to on the network. One of the first people I got to talk to on the, on the network when USF, uh, welcomed the Cougars into Raymond James stadium in 2019. And that's where I want to start, you know, uh, going back to that game in 2019 BYU and USF have gone on two very different directions, since that game obviously BYU gets Zach Wilson to return they do all the great things in 2020 from your perspective where was it expected to see that trajectory for BYU was it you know from your perspective how did you see that going down
0: yeah you know there's a couple of things Uh, BYU always had talent and you go back to 2018, 2019, uh, BYU played so many freshmen. Like, they freshmen and sophomores, that that game, that 2019 game against USF, it's basically the same roster. Like, outside of the offensive line, you're going to see a lot of the same players this Saturday in Provo. Uh, so BYU was just really young, and you could see that the talent was there, but you just wondered if the coaching would, would ever come around uh BYU in 2017 was historically bad. They had one of the worst offenses I think since like 1950 that they've ever had in Provo. So just just a terrible low for the program and then they inject all these young guys and just kind of say okay we're going to take our lumps and and hope it pans out. The pandemic you know the pandemic has sucked for so many reasons and for so many different people for from you know serious stuff health stuff COVID stuff
1: shoot Garrett Garrett McClintock I yeah mean, today
0: yeah know? my co-host on, on our podcast at give him hell Brigham he, he lost a family member just week I mean so so very real stuff for from COVID and the pandemic Then there's also been you know trivial stuff that has mattered like you look at the Pac-12 they're a mess and it's hard to it's hard to to look at what their disaster that was 2020 and not think that that's played a role in how they have performed this year but if there's one team that it panned out for it was BYU like they were the only team west of Texas who played for the first couple of months of the season they they tore it up Zach Wilson did Zach Wilson things and the schedule was light there's no question the schedule was light but BYU was able to capitalize, get in the national conversation, and get some life back in that program. And since then, man, it's just sort of taken off. And uh, I think that – was it expected? I don't think so. But I don't think there are too many people who are surprised. BYU fans have, for better or worse, they have sky-high expectations every year. And so a lot of people are just looking at this and saying, yes, BYU has really had the talent to do this all along. Finally, here it is. So, I don't know. It kind of depends on how you look at it.
1: And, and looking back at that 2019 game, I got the box score here. I mean, BYU goes up 13-0 in that game. And, you know, this is a time where Jaron Hall is getting his first career start. You know, USF is kind of still reeling from their 2018 slide and trying to find themselves. It was homecoming that day. It was a weird October. It was weirdly hot for October Raymond James that day. And – BYU goes up 13-nothing. USF ends up fighting back, winning 27-23. What do you remember about that game particularly?
0: You know, I remember BYU's secondary the, there were who I can't even remember who was playing quarterback. I think it was Jordan McLeod back for back then for USF. Yes, and if it I was. remember if I remember right, he was hurt. Like he wasn't a hundred percent because it, it kind of looked like he was yep. throwing with his elbows a little bit, like his yep. ball just didn't have a lot of juice. Yep. BYU couldn't stop it. He only threw like 12 times, but I think he completed like 10 of them. Like it was just I remember just these poorly timed, like total brain farts in the secondary for 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 BYU. There was one specific play, Bo Tanner. He I felt like he was on BYU's roster for 12 years, that it was just the most inexplicable, like watch the ball go over his head without moving. It was just nuts. And so there was just enough of a passing threat that BYU had to sit back in their soft zone and they gave up like six and a half yards of carry and, and USF to their Mm -hmm. credit. Some teams get uncomfortable, right? When, when it seems a little bit counterintuitive to say, but some teams kind of get uncomfortable when you're giving them something like six yards of carry and you just aren't adjusting. Like BYU played USC earlier that year. They, they did basically the same thing. And Graham Harrell just was like, you could like see him on the sidelines, like, he was going to combust he was losing his mind and he just had to throw the ball and usc ended up losing that game usf they were totally content to throw the ball 12 14 times whatever it was and just take their six yards of carry and you could kind of feel it it wasn't like a big bludgeon but it was like death by Mm. a thousand paper cuts for byu and, and ultimately usf got the win
1: yeah, Jordan McLeod threw the ball, to, to your point, seven – he was 7-14 of that game for 72 yards and a touchdown and an interception. I think, Chaz, how you had that interception, if I remember yeah. right.
0: Yeah,
1: Uh USF rushed the ball 44 times that game and had 244 yards on the ground, five and a half yards per carry. Jordan, Jordan Cronkright had about 150 50 yards. Trayvon Sands had like 60 yards, which was a guy that like nobody expected to have that kind of game. But yeah, I remember, yeah, that was a McLeod. Like that was like the first, like, oh, McLeod's hurt. We should probably figure this out. <laughs> um, you know, so in, in in that kind of the rest of 2019 being what it was, and obviously now Charlie Strong is not the head coach of, of USF anymore. Now there's a new guy, Jeff Scott, which comes from, you know, Clemson. What do you, what do you know about, about Jeff? What do you know about, you know, the, the, the program as you come into game week? What's, what's kind of your outsider's perspective of it now?
0: Yeah, you know, uh, I think it's the same kind of honestly that it was going into 2019. It's a different program, different offense, but the same threats that there is speed and there are athletes on USF. Like no matter what scheme they're running, they have the they have the juice on that roster that once they figure it out, like there's no question in my mind that USF is going to start winning some football games. Uh, I don't think they've figured it out yet. Right. And And I don't know. I don't know enough about Jeff Scott to say, yes, he's the guy or, or no, he's not. But I, I think that, I think he's a guy who needs a little bit of time when you go from, I mean, you look at Texas, right? Like Charlie strong kind of ruined Texas too. And it's a tough, it's a tough adjustment to make from uh, that offense, that culture that that was there with Charlie strong, Texas has struggled with it. I think Jeff Scott and USF are going to go through some of those same growing pains, it's just a, it's an adjustment. So I, I like Scott. I, I think he needs a few years, but I do. There's always that threat with USF that maybe they can't do it for a 12 game season yet, but at any given game, they can put it together and they've got athletes and speed. So it's always a threat that they can knock somebody off each
1: week. What's impressed you the most about, you know, what, what BYU has done in this first three game st- stretch, you look at it beat Arizona and in- Jordan McLeod, <laughs> twenty-four to sixteen, uh, Utah in the holy war, twenty-six to seventeen, and then Arizona State, uh, twenty-seven to seventeen in the ranked matchup last Saturday night. What's impressed you the most about what the Cougars have done? Yeah,
0: the biggest thing that BYU has got going for them this year is their culture, and you can see it. You can see it kind of manifest itself on the field. Uh, there was the play, it kind of took the internet by storm, but Tyler Algier made the play of the year in college football last week against Arizona State. So Jaron Hall makes a, a terrible decision, throws an interception. Uh, Arizona State linebackers running it back, and he sees nothing but green. He's about to go 60 yards for a pick six. And Tyler Algier, it was like that scene from Remember the Titans, and, and Tyler Algier chases him down from behind and leaps up on top of him and just punches. Yeah, I
1: saw the pictures.
0: It was crazy. Yeah. And, and that play, you listen to those players afterwards. They just, it was interesting to hear their comments. Like they weren't in awe. It wasn't like, Whoa, that was such a cool play. Like I've heard from players in the past. It was, yeah. You know, when a guy loves his teammates and loves the game as much as he does, that's what they do. Like it was just expected. Right. So BYU, when you watch these first three games, like they haven't played great. They they've struggled. They've left points on the field. They They've struggled a little bit on third downs but they are finding ways to win. Mm-hmm. And that is, uh, that has to be culture, right? Like that has to be when you're in those 50, 50 ball games and you keep coming out on top, there's something off the field that is making a difference. And I think that's what we're seeing from BYU this year.
1: Does that pretty much just speak to what Kalani Satake has done? I mean, he's been such a, you know, a proponent of 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 change within the organization from what it's looked like and just, has kind of set BYU right back on the on, on a good track again, um, not with notwithstanding the you know the the concerns that the USC job is open. But how have you seen kind of Kalani, you know, change over the last couple of years, if he's changed at all, and basically what he's done to kind of change the program a little bit?
0: Yeah, I think the biggest thing is he's he's himself. You watch him on the sidelines now he 's jumping around like I think he crowd surfed after the Utah game. fans rushed the field and and he crowd surfed his way back into the locker room like he 's having fun and if you 've ever met Kalani outside of you know a press conference like that 's who he is like he just is kind of this little kid who happens to be a really smart football guy, and so to see him be that like i I think that that 's allowed all the players to just get comfortable and they play loose, they play free man and so that's That's the biggest thing this year is this team is just confident they're just having fun, like whatever happens, they just kind of roll with it and and it doesn't matter like the pressure hasn't got to them. It's been really kind of fun to watch just a bunch of guys just playing football because they love to play football. It's a lot of fun to
1: watch when you look at this roster, there's a lot of names you know, as you mentioned you know guy there's a lot of players that u s f fans might remember. Uh, the first one that that that's that jumps off the page is is Jaron Hall, the you know the the quarterback who got his first start, first African American quarterback in BYU history to start a game. I saw he took a hit kind of late in the game against Arizona State. You know what his status is heading into USF week? Uh, you know what's what's the latest you're hearing on on the quarterback situation there?
0: Yeah, it was kind of interesting. Uh, Jaron Hall was asked about it. He said, "Yeah, I got the wind knocked out of me. I'm good to go. I'll be in practice on Monday." They asked Kalani about it right after Jaron, and it was a lot more of a drawn-out answer of, yeah, I don't really know what the specifics are. We'll have to see what the tests are. So nobody's really given a straight answer, but all expectations are that he's going to play, and he's a difference maker. I mean, he, he isn't running as much this year. I remember that USF game. He was real quick. It was a one-read quarterback, and he took off yep. and ran. He had and over th-
1: 100 yards that game, if I remember right, too. Yeah, I think, I think you're right.
0: I think you're right. So he's sitting in the pocket. He's trying to go through his progressions. Uh, he he's really good. He's like the it's the opposite of everything you ever see from a quarterback. He's he's actually completing more passes when he's blitzed and under pressure than he is when his pocket is clean. I don't really know how to explain that, but he he's <laughs> he's it's just kind of fun to watch. He's a different player than he was in 2019. Uh, everybody's expecting him to play. If he doesn't go Baylor Romney came in for the last couple of drives, last drive against USF in 2019. Yep. And, uh, he started the next couple of games after that. He beat Boise state. He beat a, a good Liberty team. He came in last week. He, uh, just came in cold Turkey off the bench and threw a touchdown pass. I mean, the guy's just kind of an ice in his veins guy. So in either event, whether it's Hall, if they do give him a week, because they're not really being forthright with this injury, uh, and Baylor gets the start or Jaron is, is the guy who ends up playing it's it's two pretty pretty solid quarterbacks who both have about the same level of experience
1: yeah and then other names obviously you know Tyler Al- Algier if I'm saying his name right yeah Tyler Algier he's, he's okay a stud. yeah I mean he's he I think he did he start that game against USF or did he get hurt right before it I can't remember off the top you know
0: I I think at that point in 2019 he was he was playing defense. So he played. He was came he? to BYU as a walk on. Uh, he played running back for his true freshman season, flipped over and he he worked his way into the starting linebacker rotation. I think by that USF game, he, he probably rotated in. I don't think he was starting yet. Uh, but at the tail end of 2019, because of injuries, he flipped back over to the offensive side of the ball. And that's kind of where he stuck. Uh, he's really good. He's just a football player, man. Uh, he yeah. he, in my heart of heart, I believe that he could be a first-round linebacker. He's that talented. Uh, but he's just about that good on the offensive side of the ball, and that's where he wants to play. Uh, last year, he went for uh, he uh, more than eleven hundred yards at seven and a half yards a carry. He he's not quite that dynamic this year, where teams aren't having to focus on Zach Wilson, so they could key in on uh, on on Algier but he's still he's you know he's he's running for 75 80 yards a game he makes differences he's just a big bruising running back plays the position like a linebacker he's tough to bring down uh as an objective college football fan he's just fun to watch like he's yeah. it, put him on any team he's just fun to watch
1: when i look at at, uh, at this at this BYU defense just kind of looking at you know Names that look familiar that jump off the page, you know, Peyton Wilgar, obviously, you know, jumps right off the page to me. Chaz, you had the interception in that game. Um, you know, who, who else is, who else has stood out defensively? It, and, and a better question that USF fans have is is, is, is the rush three drop eight defense still working for the Cougars that they <laughs> showcased against USF in that one?
0: You know what, that is Uh, Up until the Utah game this year, it was still the rush three, drop eight (laughs) defense, and and BYU fans all pulled their hair out. And then against Utah this year, so in week two, all of a sudden, like, BYU started sending blitzes. They started playing man coverage a little bit. Like, they switched everything up, and that kind of stuck against uh, uh, ASU last week as well. It'll be interesting to see if they revert back. BYU lost Keenan Peely to, for the year with uh, to an ACL injury last week. He was the leading tackler and, and kind of the heart and soul of the defense. Uh, without him there, there's bodies that are still talented, but Keenan Peely is a different type of a player, and so it'll be interesting to see how BYU's coaching staff adjusts. They're typically pretty conservative, hence the the rush three drop eight, so I could see an injury to a key player. Kind of making them worried about having to rely on their depth, so they play conservative again. Uh, but the secondary is better; it's a lot of the same guys: Isaiah Heron, Chaz Ayu. You mentioned, and they're just a little bit b- bigger, faster, more experienced. Um, so if it's the same defense that they ran the last couple of weeks, it's not not quite what be what or what USF fans are going to remember. Uh, but they definitely will sit and, and play some coverage as well. They're they're totally content doing that.
1: When you look at last year, and this is, you know, kind of maybe we're all stray from Saturday's game um, a, a little bit to, to get into into the mind of, of a BYU fan, um, you know, uh, <laughs> obviously last year being what it was and, and, and Zach Wilson doing, as you said, Zach Wilson things, there's now a, a growing Jets fandom in your house, is there?
0: There is. There's <laughs> a lot of Jets fans. And uh, very quickly, we're having to learn – that uh, Jets – I went on a Jets podcast right around the draft, and they taught me that Jets actually just stands for just en- just enjoy the suffering. And <laughs> here we are two weeks into the season, and I'm feeling that, man. Zach struggled last week, but I guess that's part of the ride of being a Jets fan.
1: Obviously, watching Zach Wilson, just – how much fun was that in itself last year?
0: It was a blast. Like, he just came into his own, and uh, it was fun. Like, it – I don't know. I mean – the, the schedule played such a big part of it. Like, it was clear that BYU was in a different class than, you know, the Conference USA Sunbelt schools that they were playing. And, and so it was just kind of fun to watch your team beat up on on teams that probably shouldn't be there. But even in the games that it was close, like Houston and UCF, like UCF, they they rolled over UCF. And it was just fun to watch an offense that it was just clicking on every play. They knew what they were doing. The chemistry between – Zach Wilson and Dax Milne, who's now playing for Washington. It was just a lot of fun to watch.
1: Was that the most fun you've had as a as a BYU fan or covering the program?
0: Uh, probably. I mean, as a fan, uh, 1996, I, I was like eight years old. And so people tell me that that was the most fun year, but I, I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> two, two, 2001 was a pretty fun year. That was, you know, back in the BCS and uh, ultimately BYU fell short, but they were 12 and 0. September 11th happened, so they had this funny game, like kind of at the end of the year, that was a makeup, and it, it ended up going south. But that year they had Luke Staley, and Brandon Doman played in the NFL for a little bit. Luke Staley won the Doak Walker. Yeah. And just in like total anti BYU, they ran like a triple option offense. Like this school known for throwing the ball, Steve Young, Jim McMahon. Yep. They ran yep. this triple option offense and I had a blast watching watching these guys run all over the field. So that probably edges out twenty twenty just barely for me personally, but twenty twenty was a hell of a lot of fun.
1: Are you seeing kind of the same things that from this twenty twenty one team that you saw last year? Or is it uh, just is it harder to replace a quarterback like Zach Wilson?
0: You know, there's a lot of the same elements. It's tough. Like, there's there's no Zach Wilson, and, and Arizona State and Utah are certainly better than Louisiana Tech at Texas State, right? So, yeah. so it, it's different. This year, while it's been fun, don't get me wrong, it's been a lot of fun, uh, I've had to take a few more Xanax this year than I did in 2020. <laughs> so, it's it's a different kind of fun.
1: A lot of USF fans were kind of, were kind of happy to see this, this series get extended. You know, I think it's one of the most fun, like non-conference series ever. You, you, you and I have talked to it. It extends, uh, you know, my, my fandom when I'm not, you know, rooting for the Tampa Bay area, it's, 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 it's BYU. I've I've grown this, this weird BYU fandom. (laughs) Um, But uh, (laughs) when, uh, obviously as an independent soon to be big 12 member uh, you know but but looking from the independent lens um, you know and kind of down the road you know just when you looked at and saw this this series between USF and BYU was extended I think for three more games or two more games. I think so
0: yeah yeah
1: you know what what was your what was your thoughts about it
0: I'm with you I, I liked it a lot I mean UCF is a program that Uh, I, I see a lot of where BYU was a few years ago, like USF's down a little bit, but the pieces are there for USF to be very, very good in the American, I think each and every year. And I I like programs uh, from an independent perspective, like the one thing that BYU has struggled with is finding those natural rivalries that you play every year. Mm -hmm. And you'd never think like USF and BYU could be that. (laughs) But those teams that, that are you know pretty close to an equal, like from a program perspective, equal to where BYU is and are willing to play in Provo and at home, do home and homes and do them regularly, it becomes kind of a rivalry. And it's fun. And so I really liked it, too. It's one of the things I'm anxious to see what happens to that series now that BYU's right. got to move a bunch of games around. But I, I'm, I'm with you, man. I, I really liked it. I hope that BYU finds a way to, to squeeze the USF series into the schedule, keep it on the calendar for the next few years, because it's a lot of fun and it's a good opportunity. I think for both schools, I think, honestly, I think USF, I, they don't come West very often. But no, I think if they, they, if they did, uh, I, I think that there's, there's like this weird pipeline of talent. From Utah, so they say. Now it used to be like Utah was this like nobody state. Like high school football in Utah didn't matter. And if you talk to the guys at twenty four seven, they they probably put it right behind California in terms of the best high school football out west now. And it's a lot of just big Polynesian dudes. And there's <laughs> they been find a lot their of way
1: these. there, and Kalani keeps recruiting them. Right? That's right. That's right.
0: <laughs> and so. There's a lot of, there's a lot of talent there that like you're starting to see some schools. There's some like Southern Virginia, like lower level schools, but like D3, yeah. D2 colleges that are coming to Utah and pulling kids out back East in, into different places. And Virginia has taken some of the other kids here in Utah and taking them out to the ACC. I, I've been waiting for a school from the American to do it because like there's talent there. And if a kid maybe doesn't want to go, like, kids want to leave, right? Like people don't want to, live at home when they go to college if Virginia can do it why can't a school like USF like I would think USF would be more fun than Virginia if I'm a 20 year old kid so
1: okay Jeff Scott if you're listening start recruiting Utah immediately (laughs) I mean I know
0: it I know it sounds crazy but there's a bunch of these schools that are doing it and if USF is going to play here every couple of years I honestly I think there's an opportunity there
1: yeah no I, I I I can see that I can see that they you know, they, they've kind of found, especially in the quarterback room, you know, they, they found some guys to offer just from places you wouldn't expect. They found a quarterback out of Chicago, Illinois, that they offered. They found one out of uh, North Carolina that they ended up committing outside of Raleigh for, for this cycle. They, they You know, if, they, if there's talent, they're going to find it. And I think that was something that Ben Criddle uh, said to me as well, you know, uh, was that BYU kind of almost wanted to get into Florida a little bit. And, yeah. and, and wanted to start pulling those. And, you know, we talked about it over the off season with, with Cormani McLean from, from, uh, from Lake Gibson, the five-star cornerback that ended up taking wasn't an official to BYU. Uh, it was an unofficial, but was still, it, it was a pretty, weird. it was a, it was a long weekend trip. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, so without a doubt, I think, I think it could be beneficial for, for both sides, but, uh, you know, when you, when kind of getting into realignment, which is a sore topic for many USF fans at the moment, just your, well, what's your reactions to, to Big 12, to, to to being officially in Big 12 country, or you know, in Power I, 5 country for that, <laughs> for that matter?
0: Yeah, I've mocked the whole Power 5 moniker for so long that it feels dirty to be part of it now. Uh, you know, it's it's awesome. Like, there's no question about it. It's awesome. Is it the same Big Twelve that it would have been with Texas and Oklahoma? Of course not. But, uh, from my perspective, man, I I I just think power conferences are kind of a for a farce. Like, they they really don't exist. Uh, there's power teams. There's there's not power conferences. And there's there's twelve teams in the country that are power teams, and everybody else just rides their coattails. And and that's just kind of the the what it is, right? Uh, the, the TV money, once that start, stuff starts rolling in, that's great for any program and that's why you do it. But beyond that, I, I really enjoyed independence. I, I loved where BYU could play anybody whenever they want. I loved the autonomy that they had to, you know, if they want to play in the middle of a pandemic and nobody else around them wants to, then fine, you know, middle finger to everybody will figure out how to do it. I, I, I'm gonna miss that element of it but it, it'll be nice to you know play teams like Oklahoma State and Baylor that'll that'll be a lot of fun
1: and then you get three former American conference schools in, in UCF Cincinnati and uh, Houston and you already did the job in beating UCF once right
0: <laughs> yeah, and that that is the job right I mean just always beat UCF no matter what happens
1: See Jeff Hansen, you know, he he's just a he's an undercover USF fan in disguise <laughs> from Provo, Utah. <laughs>
0: um
1: so let's talk about the Power 5 and your uh, doing to expose the cabal. Um I remember what was it? July, August, something around that time or no, was it it had to have been later in the year, right?
0: Yeah, it was all during the season, a lot of it was when it was I all, remember I guess like I,
1: October. I remember when the first college football playoff rankings came out last season, I see Jeff, Jeff tweets that he's fleeted and I, and I hop and I look at it cause you know, rest in peace fleets, 2021 to 2021. Um, And, and I look at it and, and he's in full, he's got it just tinfoil all over his face, all over his head. And it wasn't QAnon. It was y That's right. So, so you gotta, you gotta tell me where, where the inspiration came from, you know, just kind of your, your, you know, how, how did, how did y come to be?
0: Dude, I, I honestly have no idea. So, so a lot of people don't, uh, if I, it, my real life, uh, my real life, I'm a, I'm a financial guy, uh, I I've been in the financial industry for like 10, 15 years. It's been a long time. That's my, that's my full-time career. And, uh, I was just sitting there at work and I was in this meeting. I was, you know, everybody was working from home. And so we all know what that means. Like working from home is like kind of working on one screen while you do whatever you want on your other screen. Right. And and I was sitting in this call, and I'm reading through the rankings, and I remember it was Iowa State, who I guess I'm supposed to cheer for now as part of the Big 12, but (laughs) Iowa State was ranked, like, six spots, seven spots ahead of BYU in this first ranking. And the, the logic behind it was that, well, Iowa State has played people. They played, you know, Oklahoma or whoever it was. And even though they had one loss, they played better teams. Well, their one loss was to Louisiana, a Sunbelt school. And so BYU had just rolled over whoever it was that they had played up to this point. And I dude, it just ate at me. Like I was I, I couldn't I really didn't care where BYU was ranked. I was just pissed that it was below Iowa State. I could not wrap my head around it. So there I was sitting in the, whatever call I was supposed to be paying attention to, and I just couldn't get Iowa State out of my head. So I just decided, man, I got to figure it out. Like there's no other explanation than conspiracy when something is inexplicable <laughs> as a one loss Iowa state, when that loss was to a Sunbelt school is ranked ahead of BYU. And so what do you do when you, uh, when you, when you think there's a conspiracy, you break out your Alex Jones tin hat and, and you go find it. And so that was what I, what I did. And my first fleet, I remember tweeting something out and it was, it was going to just be a one-time thing. But people latched on to it and the, the hashtag, they really did. dude, they loved it. <laughs> and so the really hashtag, why caught on. And I, I'm not kidding. Within 20, 25 minutes, I had people like asking for my email so that they could like send me these full fledged spreadsheets. I still have one that I look at that this kid went through the effort and he found like all the LinkedIn pages of everybody on the selection committee, found out like where they had worked previously. And we were able to tie it back to some like, power five booster money or something like this. And so it just like, all I had to do was put my hat on and keep talking about it. And everybody else did the rest of the work and it was just, it was fun. And it was fun for, I think uh, that year. I mean, Cincinnati was good. Right. And they were yep. kind of getting disrespected. Coastal was getting disrespected. Yep. So school, so fans from schools all over who were not part of the power five latched onto this cabal thing and people just started feeding me stuff from across the country. It was it was a blast.
1: So so let's get into the tinfoil specifically, right? Because like <laughs> the first <laughs> fleet I saw, you've got it all over the face, your entire. <laughs> and then I think you said, uh, were, "I'm assuming you were in the old house." For those that don't know, Jeff is Jeff is currently building a new house and is uh, in in an Airbnb with with two kids, three kids,
0: three kids. It's a. Uh, it's a tight fit.
1: So Jeff goes, if I remember right, it's too damn hot and one fleet's with the full <laughs> with the full mask and the next isn't. I mean just
0: <laughs> it, it, uh, so it started with just like a little hat just on top and then it just kept pr- progressively getting a little bit more pronounced until eventually it covered my whole face <laughs> uh and i i had an unfinished basement and so i was walking around and making it look like i was scared of people because i was exposing the cabal and it all sounds so ridiculous now a year later but uh, it really was a lot of fun back at back then
1: and and to someone who's like twenty, like a four-hour flight away, I I just kind of looked at it and shook my head and was like, I remember tweeting. Meanwhile, our our friends in Utah are putting tinfoil all over their.
0: <laughs> yeah, I do. I remember that. That was funny. It was man, you had to do something. Like we were also we were all cooped up inside. We had been forever. You needed something, and uh, I, that's really like honestly like bringing it back to real like just trying to make people laugh like i'm not a funny guy but just trying <laughs> to make people laugh it was it was fun
1: did kalani ever catch wind of that or anybody on by no,
0: staff no. catch wind of it uh kalani never did uh the, the what is his title i don't know like the the director of player personnel whatever i don't know what his title is at byu he ended up uh, we sent him a shirt and, and he sports it a little while I took the hat, and so I, I had the little tinfoil hat, and I made a Y out of tinfoil on the top of it, and uh, we took that and just made that a shirt and just replaced the Y logo and put the tinfoil there, and, and so we sold a few of those, and, and those found their way into the offices of the, the BYU football team, but uh, that was as far as it got, BYU uh, there, there was some resilience there. They didn't want to jump on board. If I would have called it anything but Wayanon, I think <laughs> I probably could have got there. But the whole QAnon reference—they weren't ready to get on board with that,
1: especially at the time of everything yeah. you know going on too. Peak, yeah. peak election time, all that, you know. <laughs>
0: yeah, it was. Uh, that was probably not the best name of choice to go like crazy viral, but uh, whatever. It was fun.
1: Another big thing that you're into that, that that I have to bring up and that I told you I'd bring up is is your barbecue antics.
0: Yes, sir. You know
1: it, it, your smokers, your you know all the all the great right. things you can you can do with a piece of meat. There, there's one thing you do you do that that really kind of interests me is is your is your special dish or special uh, meal for for each of BYU's opponents. Right, uh, Jeff goes out and makes a, a different. Meal. I'm assuming based off of you know each location and stuff like that of where mm-hmm. BYU plays and makes a special uh, dish regarding you know around that that team. So, first of all, what what ins what kind of inspired you to to to, to get into that? You know, I
0: I've always. Uh, Out here in Utah, man, uh, you're going to come out and you're going to see when you get here later this week, you're going to see Salt Lake, you're going to see Provo, and it's not going to make sense to you what I'm about to say, because Salt Lake and Provo, like, while they're not as big as some of the big Florida towns, like, they're still cities. They feel like cities. But outside of, like, the like salt lake county area when you start to get north man we're a little bit more redneck up here and so <laughs> smoking barbecue that's just kind of part of it that's part of life it's part of being a redneck and i i've always loved it i've done it for years it's fun and i just got tired of cooking the same stuff like everybody's cooking ribs and brisket and it's like man like but we could we can do more with these smokers right like there's more to more to life than ribs and brisket. So a few years ago I just started like, well, what am I going to cook? And I wanted to like challenge myself to cook something new. And so I would like, okay, well, I'm going to cook for the BYU game. They're playing Boise State. So, let's do something with potatoes. Okay. And, and and I would try to 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 just do that each week of just try to find something new so that I could get a little bit better as a cook. Uh I remember that 2019 game I did a, like a Cuban pork roll, like a pork tenderloin, it had you know, the basic elements of a Cuban sandwich, and that's not really Tampa as much as it is Miami, I guess, but ah,
1: it, no, you'd be surprised. You'd okay, be surprised. Well, good. Tampa, Tampa claims the Cuban sandwich.
0: Okay. Well then I was right on, right on track <laughs> this week. I don't know how I'm going to do it on a smoker. I'm planning on making empanadas, but I don't know how to do it outside. Okay. So I got to I got a little, got to get a little creative this week, figure out how to do it.
1: So maybe some brisket stuffed empanadas or something like that yeah, something or rib, like that. pork pork rib empanadas something like that pulled pork yeah, maybe figure something out. What what's kind of the what what are other some of the other big ones that, that you've done for some of the other teams BYU's played in recent memory?
0: Oh man, um, we did uh, BYU played Arizona this first uh first game this year, we did uh, – what did we do? We did chicken – they do chicken fried steak fingers. There's this little, okay. like, uh, fast food place in Tucson that that's what they're known for. So broke out the deep fryer, made some of those. Um, Utah, they have – there's a Mormon dish that we call it funeral potatoes, and it's just, like, cream and cheese and potatoes, and it'll just make you sick when you eat it, but they're delicious. So we did some bloated funeral potatoes for the Utah game. That put on some some different meat and stuff inside those. So yeah, I mean we we do a lot of things. We'll have tacos for for uh, what BYU plays USC later this year. We'll do some like yeah. al pastor tacos. It's a lot of fun, man. It's a good way for anybody, I think, to just enjoy football a little bit more. Get your mind right. Get prepared yeah. for the opponent. It's a lot of fun.
1: And and you know I. Uh, <laughs> Ironically enough, you talked about Mormonism. And that was the one thing that that you know, I was like trying in my head, I'm like, how do I implement this into the podcast? Because <laughs> it's obviously BY, it's BYU. When you it's think of BYU, of you think of Mormonism. So Absolutely. for those USF fans out there that that are like, well, what the heck is Mormonism and what's it all about? Um, give me three misconceptions about Mormonism to, 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 for the average USF fan.
0: Ooh, man, that's a, there's a lot of them out there. That's tough to narrow it down to three. Uh, the first one I would say, like BYU and like the honor code is not like a direct representation of just like Mormonism as a whole, like Mm -hmm. BYU. They can't have facial hair. Can't have long. That's, that's not Mormonism. That's just BYU uh there's like the whole a couple years ago like created this big huge crazy thing that BYU had caffeinated coke on campus and it was like this big (laughs) win for Mormons that's not a Mormon thing like that was a BYU thing like Mormons like you want to drink them caffeine nobody cares like that's so that's maybe the biggest thing is the BYU is not like their rules are kind of BYU's rules like there's certainly some things like you get into you know uh like Premarital sex and stuff like that like there's stuff like that that's rooted in the religion, but there's Shoot, a lot we're of those. Other to things. a real strong start. We're getting, we're getting weird.
1: Fowler <laughs> podcast. Hey man, you asked, <laughs> <laughs> but,
0: but the, some of the other stuff, it's just BYU, right? Uh, the other stuff, man. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if you watched these last couple of games. Lavelle Edwards Stadium is crazy, and they're all sober. Like that's what's crazy about Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Like, okay. it's not just a bunch of drunk people yelling and screaming. Like, it, they're all sober. They don't sell alcohol in the stadium. They don't tailgate and get drunk before. So, like, everybody there is sober. But it's a lot of fun. And so, like, mm-hmm. still have a lot of fun. Be yourself. Like, BYU fans, I think, are, are really inviting for the most part. They try really, really hard to – BYU fans just want to be accepted. Like, that's really mm. what it boils <laughs> down to. And – uh I think you'll have a good time. Any USF fans who are making the trip, I think you'll be, you, you'll enjoy it. BYU tries to do cool stuff. Like in the, the visitor section, BYU has like a big creamery. Like I say, we're a bunch of hicks, really like <laughs> creameries and dairies. And like, that that's a big thing for us that they like give out ice cream to the people in the visitor section and like at halftime or something. They do some little things. So just be yourself and have fun. Like nobody's going to care. Now, the other, I'm trying to think, yes, for three. Another thing about Mormons, man, or about BYU, maybe, uh, there's a lot of people who think that you got to be Mormon to go to BYU. That's not the case. You don't really? have to okay. be. Uh, and so, most of, I mean, not most of, but about half the team is not Mormon. Um, really? Okay. So, you're going to see a lot of guys that don't look like you're, you know, the missionaries who are knocking on your door, right? Like yeah. they're not the clean cut clean shave and they're you know they look like they don't look n- like anybody the, the else bl-
1: the the blonde dudes on South Park with 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 white shirts and yeah white pants.
0: yeah exactly so uh I mean that, that's probably a, a good high level list of some misconceptions there's probably more like people think that Mormons have horns that was a weird thing that I learned <laughs> about once that I don't know where it came from but we don't have horns we're just regular people so just just normal
1: if you started growing them, please tell the internet, because I'm sure they'd
0: love it. Dude, if, if, uh, if I started growing them, I would be the internet. Like, I would make sure <laughs> that I took over the internet.
1: <laughs> um, getting back to getting back to football real quick, just because, yeah, I, I don't want to take too much more of your time, because I know you got three kids, and one your one's birthday was yesterday and you're you're in the airbnb and living life like a like a utah like a utah man would i've i hate predictions right and every podcast i've been on they've asked me for a prediction and i just flat out hate it so now i get to ask you a prediction there you go um because i don't have to because i don't have to be the one to answer the question uh BYU favored by 23 points over the Bulls of South Florida how do you th- how do you see things going down on Saturday night you know
0: BYU's is pretty beaten up they've got a bunch of injuries we kind of talked about some of them Jaron Hall I, I I I think the spread's probably about close right like one thing that's going to be tough for USF is the travel uh, mm. I think I looked back for an article, and I think the last time that they came out west was like 2017 against San Jose, Jose State. State, and that was a yep. season opener, right? Yep. The last time they did it in the middle of the season was like 2001 when they came out and played Utah. It's mm. a different place, right? Like not that it's like a weird place, but it's it's just not what it's not Florida. You're up here at elevation. It's gonna be, you know. Well, I think it's a, what is it? It's a, it's a late night kick. It's going to be 45, 50 degrees yeah. at, at kickoff. It's going to be
1: a oh, cold Oh no, game. you, you didn't have to tell me that now. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a cold game. Oh, I, good Lord. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so I, I think that there's some of that type of stuff and the plus just the environment of, of playing in Provo where, it's a little bit like Lincoln, Nebraska. Like there's just not a ton to do in Provo. So we go all out for football games. Mm. It's going to be loud. It's going to be crazy. I actually think USF probably hangs for, for the first three quarters, but ultimately, and we see this a lot when teams come into Provo is that fourth quarter gets tough. That's when teams typically start having to break out the oxygen because they're not used to breathing at elevation Mm. And, and, and it just starts to wear people down. And that's, where I see BYU probably pulling away. I probably take the points in this game when, I mean, I will take the points in this game when I invariably go and place my bets (laughs) this week. Um, But I I do think BYU wins this one by, by a couple of scores.
1: And, you know, that's kind of where, where my mind is that USF's, you know, run defense is, is, is kind of been struggling. They struggled in the second half against Florida A&M. They look really good in the first half against Florida A&M. They're, you know, really only playing two quarters a game right now. They played the second half well against Florida. Played the sec- first half well against Florida A&M, and then things kind of unraveled. So that that that's kind of where I'm at too. You know, we'll 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 see how it goes. Uh, and then I guess where we'll end off, we'll end off on one more fun one. Obviously, I do know some USF fans that are making the trip, and this is kind of for me too. I fly up Saturday morning. Um, ahead of the game which is going to be a lovely ten fifteen eastern kick for uh for for, for usf fans uh we were we were given media veils today that that press conference won't be until like two o'clock eastern yeah that's late <laughs> that's, that's late um so my so my uh, my my question for all the usf for, for for you to for all the usf fans that are you know, making the trip out to Salt Lake City and then Provo. Are there breweries out there? Is there places to go get beer? Is, is <laughs> what's the what's the fun spots, restaurants, breweries, stuff like that? What do you what, what what are the big big couple of places you suggest for for Bulls fans heading out?
0: You, you know, there are uh, yes, there are. I mean, the short answer is yes. In Provo, there's not as much. So, like any US, and I think I told you this, Will. Any USF fans, if you're planning on staying for more than like just the night of the game, and you're just here for football stay in salt lake it's it's 30 45 minutes away from provo it will be worth your time to stay at salt lake provo i think there's one bar in provo is all that there is and when wisconsin came and played a few years ago wisconsin fans had a goal to out like to 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 clear out everything in the bar And they didn't quite get it done, but the bar did have to come out and say, like, guys, we're running out of beer. So, like, (laughs) uh, if if you're looking for a good time in Provo, it's probably not the place. But in Salt Lake, uh, Salt Lake is incredible. Like, it really is one of the most underrated towns, I think, in in the country. A couple of places that I like to go. There's a place called green pig right in in downtown salt Lake, great sports bar, great atmosphere on a Sunday. If you're there wanting to catch the NFL games in the, in the afternoon, that's a good place to go. There's a lot of good food in salt Lake city. There's a lot of good food in Provo. If you're looking for something quick Uh, there's a place called cubbies. Just, just kind of, it's pretty near the stadium. It's a little local burger chain. Uh, It's a lot of fun. It's, Really, really good burgers. There's a lot of good food, but yeah, and Salt Lake, enjoy Salt Lake. If you have the time, take the trip up. This is my favorite time of year in Utah. It's a little cold. Like for you Florida people, it's gonna be a little cold, but it's it's like crisp, cold. Get up to Park City on Sunday afternoon, go enjoy some of that up there. There's a lot of fun stuff, great food. You'll have a good time. I mean, it's uh if you're looking for the nightlife, this probably isn't the scene for you, but if you're just looking for <laughs> stuff to do some good food some good sights man uh Utah's pretty incredible uh
1: there there's a spot for wild horses too if i remember right from one of your pictures correct
0: yeah yeah that was pretty wild i mean if you're wanting to get naturey uh yeah a bunch of wild horses that we we stumbled on and that was uh that was pretty fun to see they they were thinning out the herd i told you i'm a hick right they were, <laughs> they, were they were thinning out the herd so it's not quite as big as when i was out there they, they took like 200 head of horses away but but still pretty cool to get out and see.
1: Awesome. Well, uh, Jeff, I I can't thank you enough for being the first ever guest on the Fletcher and Fowler podcast. We, uh, after, let's see, 22 months, we finally got it up and running. I remember you and I had some, had some talks uh, about that quite a while ago. Um, Jeff, if you've got anything you want to plug, uh, i know you 've got a We're we 're sitting on this zoom call together i know there 's a there 's a big old background behind jeff 's head so jeff i know you 've got plenty of stuff to plug go ahead and and uh and take it away
0: yeah man i mean we we do the cougar sports insider over on twenty four seven we we love being a part of the network uh we we also have a podcast that 's outside of that it 's the give 'em help Brigham podcast we we call ourselves fan influencers like we're, we we try to just be like all of the the Instagram moms that are trying to influence everybody, and we're just taking a like a football angle to that uh We'll have our episode up on u s f earlier or later this week uh we talk b y u it's b y u centric sure but like we we just ramble about whatever we have a lot of fun um and the big part of that that I want to talk about, you, you mentioned it earlier in, the, in in our interview here, Will. Uh, my co-host, his uncle did just die uh, of COVID after a six-week battle. He's got six kids. I think he was only 40 years old, 42 years old, something like that. He's got six kids, and they're all pretty young that he's leaving behind. Uh, we're trying to cover funeral costs. That's, that's the big thing we do at the Give Him Hell Brigham podcast Is is so far – we we've generated a lot of revenue, but we haven't put a dime of it in our pockets. You know, we're, mm. we're trying to we do nil deals that we're putting money back in the pockets of players. We we donate to a lot of charities. You know, that's what we try to do. And our current cause is covering the funeral costs of, of this this man's funeral. Uh, like yeah. I say he's leaving behind a wife and six kids. Uh, their life drastically changed. So if you should feel compelled to listen to listen to the episode this week we'll we'll certainly talk about how you can donate there and that's our that's our big cause of the week.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh Garrett McClintock is is the is the fellow that that Jeff speaks of. I mentioned him earlier in the day. Uh that's at GJ McClintock M C C L I N T O C K on Twitter. Uh I gave I, I sent him some a little bit on uh, on Venmo to help out. Uh, earlier today, as well, he's a he's a friend of the pod. Now that we actually have a pod, um, to to call friends, uh, you know, a, a pretty pretty fun individual to follow on Twitter and and uh, you know, listening to him and Jeff on on the Give Him Hell Brigham podcast has been has been fun as I grow my BYU uh, affinity. Um, but that. yeah, but yeah, the, the Give Him Hell Brigham podcast is is absolutely fantastic. They've got some fantastic merch. And uh, and they 100% support some some fantastic causes. Uh, I think you guys have done a, a, a great job with that over there, uh, especially your NIL deals. Those are really, really cool. It's a lot
0: of fun, man. You know, we build these brands, these websites, these things like on the backs of players. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and argue about whether they should or shouldn't be paid. I don't care. Now we can pay them and, and right. you know. So why wouldn't we? And so, yeah, we we've created some logos and helped these help these guys create their brands a little bit. And we don't keep a dime of it. The only thing we do is put a little logo on a shirt and all the money, all the profit goes to those guys. It's been really cool. It's been fun to see the interaction and, and see these players. There was one guy we we have a rule and we, we don't do we don't want the quarterback. We don't want like the big star running back like they're going to make their money like our rule is we want tight ends and linemen, like the guys who aren't going to be, aren't going to be, you know, raking in the money from NIL deals. And I I gave, there was, there was a defensive lineman that we did a a deal for him and uh, we sold a bunch of shirts for him. And so he ended up, I sent him a few hundred bucks is all that it was. And then I bumped into him in Las Vegas after BYU's first game. So this is a few weeks after we sent him a few hundred dollars and man, just the gratitude as he came up and thanked me for doing what we did. Like, oh man, it was so cool. That 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 three four hundred bucks, whatever it was, like he felt that. Like it was that's yeah. that's a lot of money when you're a starving college kid and you don't have yeah. time to have a job. So uh just a lot of fun stuff like that. It's it's been really cool to see.
1: That's that that's really cool. And I'll tell you right now, as a former college starving college kid of the last few years that pays for a lot of ramen noodles.
0: <laughs> yes, it does,
1: <laughs> but appreciate Jeff uh, for, for hopping on again, Ricoto 10 is his at on Twitter. He's a fantastic follow. Um, whether you want to talk about Braves, baseball, BYU football, um, Jets football. Now That's right. uh, Fresno state football um because i he, he... <laughs> that, that
0: game was bananas last it really week. was it that really was, was crazy
1: it really was but no jeff is a fantastic follow at Rakoto 10 on twitter again one of my favorite people to talk to i appreciate uh, i appreciate you for for being the first guest and kicking us off on the on the right foot with uh with the fletcher and Fowler podcast
0: Well, i appreciate you having me on will this has been fun
1: So there he was in all of his glory, Jeff Hansen, one of the main contributors over at CougarSportsInsider.com. Of course, our BYU 24-7 sports affiliate. Again, his Twitter is at Rakoto10, R-A-K-O-T-O, 10. He's a fantastic follow and someone, again, that I have mentioned numerous times through this podcast is a fantastic follow and is just a great dude to talk football with you can catch all the latest byu coverage at cougarsportsinsider.com jake welsh garrett mcclintock and mr hansen getting you ready for byu and usf from their perspective make sure to also check out the rest of our coverage leading up to saturday's game at bulls247.com And if you liked what you heard today on the Fletcher and Fowler podcast, please feel free to give us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast platform app, whether that be Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss out on a future episode of the podcast. We will be in Provo, Utah on Saturday night for a 10.15 p.m. Eastern Time kickoff. USF head coach Jeff Scott is set to speak with the media post game around 2 in the morning over on the East Coast, 12 a.m. Mountain Time will be in the house, I'll be on field taking photos, providing social media coverage, we'll have our game thread rocking. Our podcast will be up following the game, maybe not on Saturday night considering that's It will be a super late night and probably not until about 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning that we drop a podcast. So probably expect something on Sunday from the Fletcher and Fowler podcast as we go over all the news and storylines from the USF-BYU game inside of Lavelle Edwards Stadium. I'm sure there will be plenty. On behalf of Jeff Hansen, I've been Will Turner, your host here on the Fletcher and Fowler Podcast. We greatly appreciate you tuning in to our debut episode of the podcast. We're excited to see how this grows within the USF space and within the USF media sphere as we continue to grow our media footprint over at Bulls247.com. Thanks for listening and have a great rest of your day. And for all those fans traveling out to Provo, be safe on your way out and it'll be awesome to see all the green and gold from Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Have a great rest of your day, and thanks again for tuning in.